sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome back, everybody, right here onto the early line, giving you the edge on Sports Grid. Dane and Kevin, we don't just merely give you a fish. We teach you how to fish so that you can be profitable moving forward. You got to see it. Kevin is just reeling it in like, <laughs> whoa, right now. But we move to another game. A lot of interconference matchups on the slate yeah. in week nine, Kevin. We have another one here. Miami traveling across the country to go to Arizona to see Cliff Kingsbury, Kyla Murray. D Hop and the crew. Here's what I want to ask you about on this one, Kev. It's it's surprising, okay? But the Miami Dolphins giving up only 18.6 points a game mm-hmm. is the best in the NFL. Okay. We Mm -hmm. also talked about, you know, that third down conversion percentage. The Dolphins only allowed third down conversions 33% of the time. That's good for like third in the NFL. Um, My question is, you know, you talk about weakness versus weakness at times with other matchups. This, ironically, is strength versus strength. Do you trust the Miami Dolphins defense against this dynamic cards offense that now has everything in front of them to play for as a contender in the NFC? Um... You know, I, I think the I mean, the it was Dolphins, the Dolphins' defense that beat the Rams last week. It wasn't Tua. You know what I mean? So, can they do yeah. it again? No. Mm. No. Okay. Um, each and every week, you try and find your favorite bet. This is mine. It's okay. the Cardinals laying three and a half. Off of a bye, at home gives me a lot of confidence. But really, the fact that the Dolphins won that game the way they did... Gives me a ton of confidence. Right. Tua was not good in that game. Correct. Their offense was not good in that game. Correct. At all. And I don't care how good your defense is, okay? The splash plays that they made, that's not a sustainable method. That's not a thing that just routinely happens. Right. You can't rely on a punt return for a touchdown every week. Right. I mean, a punt return, a scoop and score. Another turnover that puts you like on the 10-yard line. A fumble on the goal line. Yeah. I mean, a lot of stuff. Worked out real. Now, listen, again, they made those plays. They won that game. It was a huge win for the team. But this line says that these are even football teams. No, not not to me. Not to me. I'll lay three and a half with the Cardinals coming off of a bye. I think Kyler Murray continues to put himself in a top five MVP position. And I'm, I'm very excited for the matchup. Because who knows, maybe Tua gets a little bit more comfortable, a little bit more unleashed, but uh, I'm ready to back Arizona in this spot. Three and a half, four, four yeah. and a half. I, I really, really like the Cardinals in this game. I'm with you, Kev. You're not gonna give you're not gonna get much argument from me because and I think here's the real piece. The casual fan saw that the Dolphins won that game against the Rams yesterday, right? I, uh, mm-hmm. Last week. I believe it was, what, 28-17? Something mm-hmm. like that, right? Mm-hmm. But but the casual fan doesn't realize that Tua went like 12 of 22. Doesn't realize that Tua could not eclipse the 100-yard mark, you know, in yeah. that offense. And then also, let's not forget, since then, Miles Gaskin has been put on IR, right? The yeah. next man up and was Breida supposed to be Matt Breida, and he's not practicing, yeah. right? 
we could literally see the vaunted combo of Jordan Howard and newly acquired DeAndre Washington to support Tua, you know, in that offense. So I'm with you. I think the Cardinals are on the ascent, and they, I believe, will get another one here against the Miami Dolphins. I got to ask you about another team in the AFC that I, I don't know what to make of, Kev. I do not know, as we welcome in our radio audience from around the country, and it's great because we're talking, you know, about our good old friends, the Mightier 1090 out there in California. This team that I can't really make sense of, and I don't know how serious to take them, Kev, are the Vegas Raiders. You know, the Vegas Raiders are four and three. They're going to the Chargers this week. But remember, the Chiefs struggled at that new stadium facing the Chargers, right? Um, I, I have no clue on if I want to believe in this Raiders team. I thought the Raiders may have been a team that was active at the trade deadline. Listen to this, Kev. They only have seven sacks on the entire season, Kev. That's 31st in the NFL. You know, maybe they were an option to try and go out and get a Ryan Kerrigan and a Olivier Vernon or any of the other pass rushers like a Yannick Ngakwe who did get moved. I just don't know what to make of this team. I kind of think they're Fugazi, but they have a win at Arrowhead, Kev. So I have to take it a little bit seriously, right? I know the Chargers are a team that has been hanging with teams, even getting leads on teams. Look like they deserve to have more than two wins on the season. And I don't know if I trust the Raiders. Um, I am almost... You know me and my love for the Chargers. Willing to lay this point and a half. What say you on this game? So I don't mind laying the point and a half, but why Why does this team feel fugazi? Because as we go through what they've put forward, it's not just the Chiefs win. They beat the Saints at home. They just yeah. won at Cleveland. They yeah. hung around with Buffalo at home. Now the Pats did roll them when the Pats were actually a healthy football team because they're a good football team. Tampa <laughs> extended it. In the fourth quarter, but that game was tight for a lot of it. Why why are you not buying Vegas? It's a perception thing. It's a perception thing. You're right. And like that's why I even said it with, you know, the disclaimer, like, hey, they're four and three. Hey, they do have wins, right? Mm -hmm. I just don't I personally don't believe it. Let's put it this way. When we do the AFC talk, right? And we talk about that tier, then there's a tier below that we talk about that usually has teams like Buffalo, uh, like Indianapolis. In it, right? And 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 I I prefer those teams to this Raiders team. I just do. I think the Raiders I, are a half a tier below that, in my opinion. But maybe it's a perception thing. No, I, I think that's fair. I think most people see it your way. Um, we're going to come back. We're going to talk about this game. But I'd sure. love the chance to just kind of give you what this Vegas schedule case? looks like. Because okay. it's interesting. Really interesting. Listen, and that, that makes sense because I... I say it with cause for pause, right? Like, I believe Mm -hmm. maybe I'm wrong on this one. Let's find out after the break. Hello, I'm Dr. Dick. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line, giving you the edge and putting the fun in functional sports content, the spitting statistician and the candle burner, doing what we need to do to make it a profitable, hopefully, week nine for you. We were talking about Raiders Chargers, okay? And I, I'm just being honest with you, Kev. I, 
I respect that they are what their record says they are. Okay? Yeah. Absolutely. They're over 500. Would I have expected this? Not necessarily. These Chargers are the team that I thought was the second best in that division. And to be quite honest, on paper and in many ways, they are. But their record is not that way, right? So Mm -hmm. let's talk about these Vegas Raiders. And go ahead. Make the case. Please compel me to believe. So, again, I think right now, from a resume perspective, the Raiders do match up pretty nicely to a lot of these teams in the AFC. And I just, you know, so I'll just tell you, the other day I was rolling through some of these team schedules just to see if the Pats got to a certain level, who would have to fall. I, you know, I found right. a way I got the Browns and the Colts to like 7-9. and nine. Right, well, right, right. I went through this Raiders schedule, right? So here's the schedule. They host off, or they travel to the Chargers this week. Then, home versus Denver, home versus the Chiefs. They're dead versus one the of Chiefs. Them. I cannot wait for that game, right? Then they I go to Atlanta. So Two they go... To the Jets, home versus the Colts, home versus the Chargers, home versus the Dolphins, at Denver. I can see them getting a 10. I can see them getting a 10. It's workable. Or 9. Here's here's really the big thing. That Colts game is going to be, I think, a huge swing game. But honestly, it's just going to be how they perform in division. If the four Chargers-Broncos games are three and one, I love their chances. If it's two and two, eh, I would not rule out that being one and three. It's right. division. The AFC West is tricky. Right. And we start it this week. Again, the Chargers quietly might be one of the five best teams in football. They just don't know how to hold on to leads. It's on in all seriousness, they actually might be worse than the Falcons. Because the Falcons in that piece, have done things right? in, in holding on to leads and being yeah because like right, right, right. the Falcons have obviously dropped the ball in a lot of ways, but like the Chargers have blown seventeen it's point crazy. leads it's against crazy. the best teams in football. Like it's the crazy. Chargers' resume could be out of this world. They could have a win against the Chiefs. They could have a win in the Dome against the Saints. They could have a win in Tampa against the Bucks. Yes. For goodness sakes. It's, it's I would almost say like they should have all those three, right? And then no, they're yeah. five and two with those notches on their belt. And we're talking about Justin Herbert in a different way. Oh no, like we're like, oh, Justin Herbert MVP? Like, yeah, no, right. it's a hundred percent. Like the everything should be flipped on its head. So when I look at this game here, I, I struggle a lot with it. Is this a game where Vegas is being disrespected by not being very slight? road favorites because of what their resume is. But then I look at the Chargers. The Chargers are a team that maybe should be bigger favorites because of what their resume could be. Here's why this game is so difficult. The Chargers, again, they're a team you can kind of get a read for, right? Didn't love them against Denver last week. Why? Classic Chargers letdown spot. For a while, it looked like that wouldn't happen. Then they charged up. I don't know what this spread tells me it's supposed to be with the Chargers. I don't know if it's a letdown. I don't know if it'd be an impressive win. I kind of lean towards an impressive win. I kind of like the Chargers. I think I love the over, though. As long as weather here is treating us kindly, this feels like a game where there would be a lot of points. Herbert, they're just points, 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 points. Yeah. And then they blow leads. Nah, I hear you. And doesn't that new stadium have a retractable roof in SoFi? Just in case? Yeah. Probably. So I, I don't think so. weather will be a factor. And the way I've heard it, it <laughs> rains in Southern California anyway. Unfortunately, Kev, you did not tempt me. 
<laughs> you have not compelled me to believe anything different than the Raiders, right? Like, I believe they are that team that's a tier below. You know, I think they're toiling in the same level and as like the Cleveland Browns. Like my eye test, Kev, is what it comes down to for me. And even though they have beaten the Kansas City Chiefs, check this out, Kev. Kansas City, Baltimore, yeah. Pittsburgh, Tennessee, Buffalo, Indianapolis. Those are six teams in yeah. the AFC that I, I believe are markedly better than the Raiders. And so that only leaves like one spot left for them potentially in the playoffs against some other teams, you know, the Clevelands of the world. Maybe they trip up over here. So we will see. It will be impressive for me if they continue. Like you said, the game's heads up against, say, Indianapolis or in this division are going to be big. You say they need to make hay in the four games against the Chargers and the Broncos. Mm -hmm. Well, of those four, Kev... At the Chargers might be the hardest of those four, right? When they're sure. on the road in that spot. So we shall see. Let's keep it moving here, Kev. I got one other game I want to talk about in this segment. Detroit. We got a couple of interesting um, division matchups in week nine mm -hmm. as well. We had a lot of interconference matchups. This is an intriguing division matchup to me. The Detroit Lions go to Minnesota to take on the skull and the clap, even though there will be no fans in the stands, clapping to take on the Minnesota Vikings. How do you see this one, Kev? For me, um, I'm with you. The Lions are fugazi. I never believed in that little mini streak that they had. And I, I don't know now what to make about the Vikings because about two weeks ago, we were talking about how they were waving the white flag. We, this is not the same Mike Zimmer defense. Uh, they were trading away pieces, right? So were they waving the white flag? Then they have a bye. And to your point, coming back off of bye, all of a sudden, all of a sudden Dalvin Cook was like, yo, what's up? And he's back, right? So what does that mean? If I, I lean Minnesota here, even though I had them left for dead. No, it's fine. Here's the problem with this game. Okay, back on Sunday night football, Minnesota traveled to Seattle. Yeah, off of a win and should have won the game. Yeah, everyone was like, you know what, this Minnesota team might have something there. Yours truly was looking up some futures odds for this team. Okay, mm -hmm. hey, could this team sneak into the playoffs? Yeah, yeah, hosting Atlanta, forty to twenty-three in Minnesota. Excuse me, how did mm -hmm. they even let that happen? Atlanta's first win of the season. One of the most embarrassing performances the team has put forward. So now here we are. Just beat Green Bay in Green Bay. Only four and a half? The Lions are horrible. The Lions are miserable. Kirk Cousins should get the job done here. No, thank you. No, thank you. Now, I will never put my money on Matt Patricia. I can only decide not to bet against him. That's the okay. best I can do. I will never put my money on Matt Patricia. But this is a spot that I've already seen the Vikings absolutely crush people in, Dane. So I got to so, ask you, though, because we, we, we skipped the headline of this game, though, right? And, and, and well, yeah. obviously, this could be completely different, right, Kev? This game was even taken down off the board at some point this year, right? Yeah. So all of this analysis that we're doing, and I'm sorry to cut you off, but honestly— does it matter if Stafford's not there? Because as we have to talk about, right, Matthew Stafford was put on the COVID list uh, by the Detroit Lions. But then we were like, oh, he tested positive? No. It was a close contact kind of situation. So they have laid out a path where Stafford 
could in fact play like right if he tests negative every day including on sunday morning then they'll let him out there he'll be activated off the list and play but you know we can get into all sorts of other analysis right kev but if it's david blau 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 playing that's a lot different than if it's maddie stafford right i mean obviously it's a big difference whether it's blau whether it's chase daniel it's uh it's going to be a drop right chase daniel that (laughs) would would certainly change this number um also, Kenny Galladay is for sure out of this game, and that yeah. has made a difference to this Lions yeah. offense's uh, abilities and, and how successful yes. they can be. It's, mm-hmm. it's also a tough total call here because it's the two teams that I would describe as that they'd rather run the football, but two bad defenses. At the end of the day, what does it matter yeah. if they're running the football if the drives end in touchdowns and the way that Dalvin Cook's drives ended in touchdowns last week? I'll just tell you one thing I'm super interested in. Dalvin Cook has scored in every single game he has played. Dalvin Cook came back last week and was minus 115 to score a touchdown. That is ridiculous. He scored four. That is ridiculous. Now, ultimately, I was unable to get the bet in. Some things went wrong is what it is, okay? I think we might be looking at the single biggest one-week jump in any time touchdown score. (laughs) This number is going to be minus 300. And if it is not... If this thing is below 160, just play it. Thing. He's got a and if it's above 160, go check out the two-touchdown market. And you may want to play in that one also. Last note, real quick, Kev, without Galladay, a lot of people think about Marvin Jones. TJ Hawkinson has scored a touchdown in something like five of his games. Keep an eye on that t- touchdown prop as well. Sports Grid News Update. Vamos. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here on to the early line, giving you the edge on SportsGrid. Big shout out to all of our radio affiliates from around the country as well, getting in on some of the fun in functional sports content right here with the early line. Dane and Kev, we've got two more games, Kev, on the Week 9 Sunday slate. And I will give everybody a disclaimer, a caveat. These two games... These four teams combined for five wins so far on the season, okay? Just over one win as an average among them. So that's why we're talking about these last. And also for context, let's look at the draft order here, okay? Because these four teams may all also be prioritizing things like flopping for fields or tanking for Trevor, okay? What we have here is in one game in the NFC East, we got the Giants and the football team. Right now, that's the two and the seven pick. In the NFL draft, and my, how that might change based on who wins this one. The other game we're going to talk about is Houston and Jacksonville. That would be the third and the fourth pick right now, but obviously good old Bill O'Brien traded that bad boy away already. So not a ton of exciting games here, but we start with the Giants against the Washington football team. Kev, at one point, remember, we were looking for value at the bottom of the NFC East division market, and we thought that it might be the Giants or the football football team here's what i want to ask you we got a 42 and a half total we got a 42 and a half total in this one kev uh the football team is 30th in the nfl scoring 19 points a game the g-men are 31st in the nfl scoring 18 points a game don't worry both of them are full full touchdown better than the jets 
Don't worry about it. But, um, you know, you talk about weakness versus weakness and stuff like that. Who's going to score in this one? Oh, gosh. I don't know. Terry McLaurin? <laughs> I mean, okay, here's the thing with this one, Dane. Who, by the way, was voted unanimously uh, to become a new captain of the Washington football team. Big shout out to him. Oh, yeah. No-brainer. Yeah. Um, good stuff. There's like four good players on that team. Uh, so, yeah, makes sense to me. Is this line not... A little odd to you, all things considered. I mean, no, I think you have to book these two teams as pretty neutral on a neutral field. But here's the problem: this so on a so two and a half, right? Fine, I'll concede that. Then that's even, right? On a neutral, I'll con. I suppose I know it's three, but fine. Right, but they played two point conversion away last time, right? From Washington winning though. Like, the Giants last time were laying one and a half with the Giants hosting the game. And they didn't even cover that number, impossibly. Right? Like, in a win, didn't cover one and a half. Kudos to you. Not even the the only time we've seen that happen this year. Right. Minnesota, Minnesota, Tennessee, I believe. Wild. So, realistically, Washington was really, really close. The number was below two and a half when it was in New York. And the schedule spot. One team's off a bye. The other one just played Monday night. This being at least not three is off-putting. Very off-putting. It should probably be three and a half. But it's not. Again, people are buying what the Washington football team is maybe live in this division, right? The last time we saw them, they routed the Cowboys. Yep. There's two things I think that might be at work. One. I've got an idea, too. Go ahead. The Giants just played on Monday Night Football and competed with the yep. Bucks, right? Yep. So that's a pretty obvious thing. Here's the other thing. Daniel Jones is incredible on the road as a dog. 4-0 against the spread this year. 7-1 ATS in his career as a road dog. All that comes together, and I don't know what to do here because – the schedule spot screams Washington. I don't think the schedule spot is being factored into the number. And it seems, though, that the ATS record that Danny Dimes and this Giants team holds on the road is winning out right now. If I had to pick a side here, I think I lay the two and a half with Washington. Not over the moon about it, right? but... I think it's the right way to go. Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, I would also lay the points here and take the football team. The idea when we talk about watch for the hook, that is live for this one. I like it under a field goal. I don't know if I would lay three, three and a half. Potentially, I can see this being another very close game. I think we also have the proof point of what we saw when these two teams played last time, right? Which was only, what, two or three weeks ago? And we saw that actually on the field, these teams were kind of even. And since then, even the Giants have been like down Devontae Freeman, even though I know he doesn't necessarily move the needle per se we also have the giants as it says here on the graphic the giants with only one win have not performed you know you say danny dimes against the spread on the road but the giants are and four at home right and the, and the football team is playing 500 ball um at home themselves so i can see washington winning this game but it will not be pretty we'll talk about that and that's why i could see this one being under the number of 42 and a half the last game kevin on the slate 
The Houston Texans, a divisional matchup at Jacksonville, one and six versus one and six in this one. You know, Kev, I have like so many stats that like make it easy for either side. You know, for example, as we've talked about, the Houston, uh, the Houston Texans give up the most yards per game on the ground by the run, right? Teams have been able to run all over uh, the Houston Texans. But meanwhile, this is James Robinson, who has kind of taken a little bit of a step back so far for uh, Jacksonville. He was, like, really great at the beginning of the season, a revelation as a rookie on the waiver wire, all that good stuff. And, you know, it's going to be Jake Lofton going, right? Then on the other side, with Houston, you know, when I get games with the Texans, the biggest thing for me, I, I'm all about Deshaun Watson, but I fear for the man's life because he gets so much pressure on him all the time, and he's running, you know, and scrambling so much and having to make those Superman plays. Well, the Jaguars have a league-worst six sacks on the entire season, uh, two of them from Josh Allen, even worse than the Raiders, who we talked about earlier. Six sacks on the entire season through seven games. So I don't think they'll pressure on Deshaun Watson. If he's able to sit there and make it pop, I believe in Deshaun Watson over, you know, believing in Jake Lufton and James Robinson to take advantage of this bad Texans defense. Uh, you know, what do I know about in this game? Deshaun Watson. Sure. Sure. Then they're all year. They're one and six. They are now almost touchdown road favorites. It's a lot. It's a lot. Both Jaguars, of these teams outside of the Cowboys, the Jaguars give up the most points in the NFL. Oh, no, the Jags are terrible. Don't get me wrong. Hey. The Jaguars are terrible. Now, here's the thing that stands out to me is I bet the first time these two teams played, um, I really liked the Texans in the game. I believe we laid five and a half. Covered that number with some ease. But to see a point added on to this on the flip fixture, it's a right. lot. And I don't think it's a lot. I don't think it's all Gardner Minshew. Clearly, the Jags have been downgraded by a lot of people. But are the Texans being upgraded here? Here's what stood out to me. For some that maybe don't get to hear the update from Chris Welsh, he's mentioned this earlier in the week, that the Jaguars have said, with Jake Lutton taking over, they intend on right. airing the football out <laughs> down the yeah, field. Yeah, they do. Now, that's wild. Sounds disrespectful a little bit to me, in fact, of Gardner Minshew. Word. But... If you're just going to be taking deep shots against a terrible defense, hit one or two of them, it might be hard for the Texans to cover this six and a half. It's not pretty. I don't love the game. I think I take the six and a half points with the home team here. All right, fair enough. I don't know if I can do that. And here's the other reason why. If we put that draft order back up, guys, you know, we're, we're you know, my narrative, whether you believe it or not, right, has been this idea that the Jaguars are trying to tank for Trevor and Gardner Minshew. They thought would be bad enough to do that. Almost like the storyline of the movie Major League, right? That the team would be bad enough for that owner to move the team to Miami. If you remember that movie. All right, so the Jags are one in six. You got to think, hey, that's good enough to be sitting in the catbird seat for the first overall pick. But no, it's not because you got the Giants, you got the Texans, I mean, you got the Jets. And if the Jags win this game, you'd have, you know, the Texans, actually the Miami Dolphins ahead of them in the draft order. I, I, I believe this could be a front office thing like, hey, let's not rush Minshew back because this is a game we really need to lose. So let's go to the third string six round pick. Um, it's ironic to me they did not go to Mike Glennon here, 
who was their backup that they signed to be the backup, and they are instead going further down the depth chart, ironically, in this matchup where, like, you know, losing may actually be better in the long term for the franchise. Right, but it's not like they're going to coach to lose. It's not like they're no, going to play to right. lose. Like, the players so, won't. Like, at the end of the that's day, That's what I mean, too, the front like, office decision to not rush Minshew back. Right, which is, again, I think a smart decision. I don't know why in a year that is clearly a nothing year you would ever rush anyone back, right? Like, the distinction of, oh, we'd play if it was a playoff game. Well, it's not. It's not. It's week nine and against another one in 16. So I just think I would feel more comfortable taking the points here. I would not be surprised if the final score landed between one and six Texans victory Mm. at all. I think this could be a tight game. I really believe that. I maybe I'm putting too much stock in the Welsh update about Lutton, you know, throwing the right, football right, right. down the field and him and Shark hooking up and making some splash. But this Texans defense is truly awful. It really is. And you know, c- can we talk a little bit about team morale as well on the Texans side? Like the Jags know what they are, right? And maybe they get a little bit of a boost from a backup quarterback. There's a little bit of tension there between Shark and Minshew as well. Remember they were going to bench Minshew? Like, let's, we right. kind of forgot about that storyline. The Texans thought their number one wide receiver was going to be traded to Green Bay. J.J. Watt's talking about how he has no more time for losing seasons and wants to compete for Super Bowls. I'm sure Watson doesn't like anything he's hearing. Like, I think the Texans mentally might actually be in a worse space than the Jags. All right, that's fine. Um, here's what I'll say. As a Jets fan, I am very excited to see that, you know, two of these four teams are going to win this week. We'll talk more. We'll turn our attention to basketball after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line, putting the fun in functional sports content, Dane and Kev. And it is a football Friday, but we've gone through all of the games, and so we got to look elsewhere because there is news. You know, we kind of been talking about it a little bit more this week, Kev, but we got to start to look at the NBA again, right? I mean, you know, we just crowned the champion at this point, what, I don't know, a month ago, maybe, if that. And, like, when I think about the NBA draft literally less than two weeks away, um, when it's going to start and all the kind of league business that's still has to happen it's like whoa we need to focus on it so the big point here is like where will the season start because then you backwards plan from that right everything from free agency the draft and all that stuff you then know how much time you have for preseason Mm -hmm. and the like and it sounds like you know the nba and the players association they are in fact going to approve this proposal we have been talking about 72 games as opposed to the normal 82 with them starting on december 22nd being able to go through i believe it's like going into july but not touching the uh, Olympic schedule so that players can play in the Olympics when that comes back online in the summer of 2021. We know a little bit about what that means for the back-to-back schedule. We know a little bit also that the players didn't necessarily want this, but eventually they had to acknowledge and accept this. Why? Because the almighty dollar talks, right, Kev? Oh, it sure does. Um, It sure does. What an exciting thing, though. At the end of the day, the NBA is coming back. It, it was one of the. I it kind of didn't hit me until yesterday, though, that like 
oh yeah, the NBA is going to come back. I felt like I had said goodbye to it. And I didn't know when I was going like to say forever? hello again. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it weirdly felt like that. Like it was kind of a series finale. Uh, and what a way to send it off with LeBron winning a trophy. I mean, come on, what better way could you do it? But December 22nd, quick turnaround. Quick. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like with COVID protocols, I mean, these rookies are not going to have a lot of turnaround time to get into camp, realistically. This right. free agency period is going to be crazy. It is going to start, you know, 24 to 48 hours after the draft. Trades are going to be opening right. up, I believe, on the 16th of November. I mean, today's the 6th. Yeah. 10 days away, potentially, from guys being moved. Chris Paul's, Victor Oladipo's, mm -hmm. you know, the first pick, the second pick, all possibly available. Those are, you know, a, a really, really big deal. And I will say this, clearly a big deal for the NBA was being able to have games on Christmas week. Just a weird right. scheduling thing for me, but I care about it. So maybe folks at home do. Obviously, opening day always matters, but so does the five-game Christmas Day, Christmas day right. schedule. How do they kind of figure out? Because, you know, you're not going to want teams to play a, right. a lot. I don't think it'll right be any away, team's but... season opener, per se, right? But I do think no. maybe you'll get a 23rd, 25th for some of those key games, some of those key yeah, teams. And I, it'll be their and second game the, of the season kind of thing. Because realistically, the way the season opener always works is the Lakers will be the night game because they're the defending champions, right? They'll host a game, right. and there'll be an, there'll be an Eastern Conference matchup. That'll be a big matchup, before. right? Like, it'll be right. something big. It'll be like Miami-Boston Miami, or Brooklyn. Miami-Milwaukee. Like oh, Brooklyn. Or Brooklyn oh, may be involved goodness, that's in that right. one, right? Because it's the, it's the names on the marquee. Opening yeah. night, right? And yeah. then what I think you'll get are all the other marquee teams that will play on Christmas, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I think they'll open on the 23rd. You know what I mean? Like, for example, and I don't know this, right? But a very live uh christmas evening night game could be something like portland denver for example right yeah and then portland and denver probably won't start on the 22nd will play on the 23rd thus if dame dollar doesn't want to play right out the gate and stuff like that he can and it wouldn't compromise mm -hmm. his opening night or Christmas Day makes sense, and I think the same thing could yeah. happen for some of those other bigger, uh, bigger public teams. And I think though, opening night, you might see some twenty-minute shifts for guys. Yeah. Like you know what I'm yeah. saying. So that right away, how does the NBA book props? Will we know beforehand? That's going to be a really big deal, uh, of course. Uh, or yeah. we're going to kind of have to be going out on a limb. And on the other side of it, for a team like the Brooklyn Nets, let's just say we get Nets Heat opening. Brooklyn day, will right? be on the card on Christmas. Brooklyn yeah. will be on the card on Christmas, and I believe they'll be hosting a game as well. They may host like the noon the game. Noon. You know what yeah. I mean? No, yeah, that would make sense. They might host the noon game, and I will throw out. I believe it'll be against like a Milwaukee. I think that works really well. I think that works really well. Um, I think I think it's a fair question is who do you want the Lakers to open up against? Uh, I think the there's the Clippers or the Warriors. The Golden State uh, Warriors would be the other option for me. I really yeah. think Portland-Denver is a ready-made 10 o'clock start. I honestly do. I don't know if you know Portland what I mean? makes that final cut. I Like, Denver's yeah. earned making that final cut. 
I don't know if Portland, Portland played has. Houston, I believe, last year on Christmas. They were already yeah. kind of above the fold. And Dame Dollar brings the cachet that you need. But, sure. you know, we're pontificating upon this, and we'll have a lot of time when the schedule comes out. What mm-hmm. I do want to know, more pressing matters, right? You mentioned that free agency may be moved up to give people even time yeah. for these new acquisitions yeah. to clear COVID protocols. Same thing with kids like in the draft, right? So let mm-hmm. me ask you, there are some names out there, Kev, right, that we kind of have to talk about. What I want to do is uh, I'm going to throw you some names that I've heard about, some options, and you tell me, like, sure. if it's real or fake. Do you think these things, like, give me your BS meter on some of these sure. things, you know? And the first thing I would ask you about is this James Harden talk. Is James Harden going to get moved? It sounds like Daryl Morey now in Philly maybe wants to swing something big. Harden might be one of these biggest names that we're hearing. Do you believe that James Harden goes out east? Ultimately, no. I think there is nowhere near enough time to figure out that move. I think this team would not be wise to go new front office, new coach, Year right. two of Harden Russ and blow the whole thing up. Okay. You might worry about could you be losing leverage? Maybe. And might Philly go full panic mode and right. throw you some things they shouldn't? Maybe, but that also could exist the year after. I would say this if you trade Harden, you then need to trade Russ. Ultimately, I don't think they do either. Hmm. And they blow it all up. Okay. Another thing I've heard a lot of talk about really is as it relates to the Giannis and Milwaukee. Like, which way are they going to go in the fork of the road, right? I've heard everything from maybe the Heat would be willing to move or include like a guy like Tyler Hero in a package back to Milwaukee to acquire Giannis. I've also heard that Giannis and Milwaukee may, you know, make overtures to someone like a Victor Oladipo to maybe give Giannis that true... Robin to his Batman, right? Even though the Lopez brothers and the Bledsoe's and the Middletons, right? Do they get another kind of all-star? How do you think it goes one way or the other? How does Milwaukee and Giannis play this? It's tough. I think this team ultimately is going to try to make a big splash with a trade, bring in a big piece that can maybe tip the scale some, but that's really dangerous waters. You make a trade... You give up assets, Giannis locks for nothing, and that's disastrous. And everything that's been reported is they don't want to lose Giannis for nothing. Right. They right. really, really don't want that to happen. Uh, you think about how the Thunder lost Durant for nothing when he gutlessly joined the Warriors. Um, would the Bucks be in a situation to where they let this thing ride out? It's difficult. And I think one of the things is, you know, obviously there was a lot of different things that happened already with the coaching carousel in the NBA. Mike Budenholzer keeping his job. Look, it's hard. Consecutive seasons with the best record with the Milwaukee Bucks, not just in the East, but in the entire NBA. But this guy seems like he has a real season, uh, a real ceiling when it comes to postseason basketball. If they get bounced again early and we just point to Mike Budenholzer, that's going to be problematic. Mike Budenholzer, if they get bounced again early, then Giannis is gone and they're really starting from scratch anyway, right? Yeah, but the fact that you let Budenholzer be a part of that demise is a mess. Mm. David Blatt got fired in the middle of the season. That's true. The Cavs promoted Ty Lue. They won a title. 
Mike mm. Budenholzer being fired in the middle of the season, if this team lost a critical game, would not shock me. All right, fair enough. I've heard a bunch of other names, a lot of guards also. You know, I've heard the name Drew Holiday. I've heard the name uh, Russell Westbrook. I've heard Chris Paul to a lesser extent. And going back into last year, we've heard Bradley Beal and Devin Booker. Do you think any of these guys are actually going to move? And if not, what do you think, like, will be the headline move? Like, what? who will be the biggest player that kind of, like, changes teams and maybe tips the scales? Is it Drew Holiday? I think Drew does get moved. I think CP3 also gets moved. I think the Thunder would be wise to move him. What the Thunder were able to pull off last season is nothing short of magical. Okay, Because not only do they now own the Clippers and the Rockets draft picks from now until the end of time, but they took on a Chris Paul contract that was viewed as, you know, a complete negative asset. It's now a positive asset. I mean, it's not even neutral. Like, the Bucs want Chris Paul. The Knicks think it could be a big part of reshaping their culture. And then there's a list of other teams that would fit in the middle. And if you're the Thunder, be realistic about who you are. You're a team for the future. Shy Gilgis Alexander, okay? Lou Dort, Lou Dort, Lou Dort, Darius Baisley. (laughs) You've got a million draft picks. The fact that you would be able to get a positive return for Chris Paul, I think is super valuable. Of course, we know this team lost Billy Donovan. You're going to be retooling anyway during this upcoming season, shortened season. I think they should be moving Chris Paul. I think they will be moving Chris Paul. And I think Chris Paul, no matter where he lands, will matter. Yeah, I mean, listen, we thought OKC was in essence like rebuilding, right? And they just sure. played better last year. They were just yeah. impressive last year, but they that just doesn't did it. change. It just right. kept everybody. But it doesn't change kind of where they are in the cycle, right? You know, they still, if they could acquire assets for Chris Paul, that is still something they would probably like to do, you know, moving forward. I do want to turn our attention also real quick, uh, Kev, to college football where not even the big games on Saturday, right? Notre Dame, Clemson, Georgia, Florida. There's two interesting games tonight. We have been talking about BYU and Boise State and what this could be for BYU because this may be the best opportunity to get a good proof point on their resume. You know, Kev, they only got two games after this. They're already 7-0. and They get through this one, right? This will be their toughest task. They're going to be standing there with some level of argument regardless of what happens. Big one here going into Idaho, going into Boise and the blue turf tonight. Yeah, this is an awesome game. Uh, The one thing about this is, so you made this point, um, just kind of about how funny and odd it was. Of when do you see seven and overs? Two and overs, right? Oh, yeah. It's a great point. It's super weird. But also, it makes this game very challenging because Boise being ranked 21 in the country is the toughest game for BYU. It's obviously a big, big game for Boise. This, you know, if I would have just told you no pandemic, whatever it is, BYU's traveling to Boise, they're laying three and a half, you would have never believed me. You would have never believed that they would have been going to Boise laying three and a hook. Maybe it would have been the other way around. But because BYU has built up their profile, this is the number. I don't think we know enough about Boise to know if it's right or wrong. Maybe it just blindly take three and a hook in what might be a back-and-forth, high-scoring affair. BYU season here, man. BYU season. Ultimate chaos theory. 
BYU needs this game. Need it convincingly as well. Yeah, remember, they have been winning by an average margin of something like 25 points a game. We'll see if they can do it on the blue turf. We'll come on back to wrap up after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line, giving you the edge on Sports Grid. Kev, on a Friday night, not only do we have games out west, but the ACC has a big-time game as well. The Miami Hurricanes and the NC State Wolfpack. I mean, NC State is 4-2. and two, Miami is 4-1. and one. In this conference, we obviously talk about Clemson and Notre Dame at the top. But, you know, these two teams performing – showing like they belong can only help the reputation of the entire ACC, right? Yeah, no, I think that's fair. Ultimately, you know, you want to see Miami continue to perform. It adds more legitimacy uh, to... There's a third top 10 team in that conference. conference as a whole. Yeah. Because... Because, really, UNC fumbled the bag in a big way. They did. Right? They did. So... I think when you You're up as high as five, yeah, like that team was really like in the mix, man. I'll tell you this though: this Wolfpack team competes. Okay, mm. now they did get the doors blown off of them by UNC, but they played a ton of other close games before that. Both of these teams are off of a bye, so that's pretty interesting there that they should be well rested. I, I want to take the over in this game uh, again. The Wolfpack they play high scoring games. Also, I this is it's some of the worst analysis you'll get. I am Great. so biased <laughs> towards NC State because their name is the Wolfpack, like because of the NWO. That's a hundred percent truth. That like, is the hard hitting analysis you get because we're not giving you a fish. We're teaching yeah, yeah, yeah. you how to fish. So if there yeah. are reference points around things that you like, then go with them. Yeah. Here's how here's how you learn how to fish. Don't turn your back on the wolf pack. You might end up in a body bag. Give me ten and a half. Give me the over. Let's go wolf pack. It is too sweet, absolutely, to take the wolf pack in this game. Kev, we only got a couple of seconds left. What are we going to talk about on Monday here? Who's going to be up? Who's going to be down? Are we going to still believe in the Bears? Are we going to believe in the Bills? You know, what, what do you think is going to be the headline coming out? The biggest thing is going to be Sunday Night Football. Uh, Always leads our show, but this week they could put this game at 2 in the morning. It would be the biggest game. Either the Saints run the South or the Bucs are the best team in the NFC. Those are the two narratives that we're going to be hearing. Can't wait. And we will be here to talk about it on Monday. Enjoy the weekend. Hopefully anxiety fades away. The morning after is up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.